Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. live on Joy 94.9 Saturday afternoon from noon via the live stream at joy.org.au forward slash listen live or tune your wireless in Melbourne to 94.9 FM. afternoon, this is TechnoGaze here on Joy 94.9, the show where we gaze into the world of consumer electronics, gadgets and technology. Joining me in the enterprise here today... On the battle bridge. On the battle bridge, <laughs> my number one, <laughs> Michael, hello. I've wanted to be your number one for a while. <laughs> um, <laughs> purely in a Star Trek way, right? Yes, Captain. <laughs> what else? <laughs> Make it so. Um, Again. <laughs> the other <laughs> giggling that's occurring in the studio right now is, of course, Donna. Hello, Donna. Hello, Mark. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's rather good to be back. And we're in a different studio and there's windows and a view and oh, it's just Sunlight. fabulous. Blue Sunlight. sky. Blue skies. Hang on. It's spring officially now, isn't it? It is. It's sprung. <sighs> spring has sprung. It's not just a holodeck. The, we're actually... the grass has riz. No, wait, this is a holodeck episode? I'm going home now. <laughs> Damn. But uh, there's some excellent topics we'll be talking about in a few moments. You don't want to wait, miss, miss that, right? True, true. And also in the studio, uh, we also have Raina. Hi. Keep calm and... Respawn. Re- <laughs> Respawn is the fact of the day on my t-shirt. That's the t-shirt. <clears throat> awesome. I assume that's a computing term. No, it's a game term. Oh. Oh, well, yeah, like you can Cause, play cause games on computers, I hear. <laughs> Here I was thinking Unix processors. Ah. You could also you do that. Yeah. Mm. Mm. There's sysadmins rolling over in their coffins right now. Oh, wait, what? No. What? It's awful. What, where, <laughs> they, where they go during the daylight hours. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I was thinking of IT crowd, okay? You know, the, the, the goth guy from the, the back room who is a sysadmin. That's Remember right. Him? Richard or I Redmond presu- or... I assume Edmund he's... Um, Something he must be like he has a coffin, I'm sure. And anyway, <laughs> that was an awful, awful segue. What are we talking about today? We are talking about many things, many things, including um, <laughs> Freeview. Freeview, free so Freeview is the, the um, I guess the collaboration between all the free to air uh, TV yeah. stations. Yep. And they have very sort of surreptitiously, not surreptitiously, but quietly released a new feature to Freeview, which is called Freeview Plus. Yes, unless you are a regular SBS watcher. 
Yes. Because SBS has been doing the same thing for a little while as well. It's pretty exciting. Amazing new features for watching TV free to air. Um, Ned Kelly will be joining us in the studio uh, in a few <laughs> moments, or at least an inanimate version of his head. It's not a Ouija board. No. It's something else. It is a 3D printed uh, head of, of Ned Kelly. Although, m- more excitingly, uh, the person who brought him along, yes. Paul Mignoni from the University of Melbourne, is in joining the- us to talk all things printing. Yes, because I've got a 3D printing showcase coming up very soon. Pretty excited. Mm-hmm. Now, the Apple rumour mill is uh, is in full swing as always. Well, not as always, but it, it, as, as... More as... You can tell it's spring in Australia because people are talking about new handsets. Uh, yes. <laughs> We're talking about fruit. Apple. 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 Not blackberries. Um... <laughs> But uh, in this, for the sake of equal opportunity, there's also some Samsung new products um, yes. to talk through as well. So, uh, because yeah. of, I'm sure I can't think of any reason why I would schedule a launch event at the same time as Apple <laughs> if I was Samsung. <laughs> hmm. So we'll talk a bit about that later on. And um, now Grinder is a social media, no, social networking dating app for homosexual men. Um, and it has been in the news this week with some security concerns. Yes. Particularly around location. Exactly. Mm. And I've conducted some extensive research. Yes. Uh, and and uh, you've probably, you might have even, if you're a Grindr user yourself, you might have actually seen the, um, the update from the Grindr people when you open your app. Michael, um, was it qualitative or quantitative research? <laughs> Can't it be both? <laughs> bit of yeah, we can made. do qual and quant, yes. <laughs> From the talk that we had earlier in the week, I think it was a bit of both, wasn't it? Yes. Gentlemen. Mm. I have pages of documents. <laughs> <laughs> a big report? Big report. <laughs> Excellent. Now, uh, if... Yes, we should... <laughs> Move on. Uh, if you'd like to get in contact with us in the studio, you can do so by texting us 0427 JOY 949. You can call us 1300 JOY 949. You can email us on air at joy.org.au. You can tweet us at technogaze, T-E-C-H-N-O-G-A-Z-E. It is, it is already nine minutes past the hour, so we really should start get moving, shouldn't we? Freeview free Plus. Yes, this is the uh, commercial television networks trying to get another few years out of the television. <laughs> because it's dead. Oh, oh. It's dead, apparently. <laughs> it's but dead. Here's, here's what they're trying to do, right, is, is the great dream of television is, is to spend more time, uh, you know, capturing that market that seems to really love the whole interactivity of watching things on the internet at your leisure and whenever mm-hmm. you want. So Freeview Plus is a way for broadcasters to send web pages. And, uh, and other interactive elements along with the broadcast. Yes. Mm. And the way that Freeview Plus is starting out with it is to do it as catch-up TV. So you can press the magic button now on your remote, which I think is the red button, mm-hmm. or you can use the green button to get the guide, and it's yep. a new interactive TV guide, so more like the kind that you might get on Ice TV or something. Now, it's not on every internet-capable TV, is it? No, it is on a list of... If you, if you were to use your favourite search engine to go and look for Freeview Plus, and you will come across eventually a list of TVs that do have it. If you have recently produced TV, or if you have a recently produced PVR that gets software updates, chances are very good that a software update is on its way to support it for you. Mm. So it's really in response to the likes of, um, say, Foxtel or, or you know other content providers, you know, offering these types of services to be able to catch up on TV and um, you know have other interactive content. Right. It's, it's it's via broadcast TV. So. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about this, and um, 
uh, is it David Gingell from Nine? I can't remember his yep. first name. Um, he was saying how a lot of people after eight thirty. Now eight thirty, remember, used to be your prime time. Like that's you know, that was that was when you had your primo TV on or your movies or whatever. Mm. He was saying that that's now the time when people go, oh great, I've caught up with you know my you know, sort of game shows and news shows and stuff like that. And then they'll start watching things that they recorded from before. They're not watching that premium television anymore. So they're like, oh, well, okay. And I I guess, you know, we've had the ability on uh, smart TVs to catch up on TV. So there's ABC iView, there's SBS um, service as well. But this is putting everything in in one place. So Mm. you don't have to launch different applications to watch different shows. You can see it all together. My current way of doing that is I've got another, I've got a, uh, another computer on next to my TV right. that I have to swap over to and then mm. use a trackpad that I've got over there in the corner somewhere to try and um, uh, browse to the, the catch-up TV website and you've got to pick the right one and all that sort of... It's actually quite annoying. Like, mm. To be able to do that from your remote control immediately is, is, is kind of cool. Look, with that said, um, I've, I've used a couple of smart TVs in the past and I've got to say some of them are really great and the experience is pretty good and some of them are just hideous. They're super slow, <laughs> navigating. That's mine, slow. Yeah, like I think people have got comfortable enough now with their tablets and stuff using that as a second screen or using that as a controller for their TV that maybe they aren't. Mm. It, it could be a little bit too late, I think. Yeah, it's, it's sort of the, the, the connect. And often Apple uh, sort of looked to to try and solve this problem of the TV, right? Because they solved it with with the the, the phone. They turn it made a, the phone really usable and really you sort of you know bring everything together on the phone. Whereas um, the TV is still that's very disparate. You know, you can watch media over on your t- on your computer and you can watch media on your TV as well. But it's a very much disconnected. It is kind um, of interesting. I've had um, a Myth Myth TV for a long long time. Of course, the open source TV you know, widgety thing. Hmm. And um, recently got an Apple TV, Apple TV and um, have a Samsung, you know, thing. And it has it has apps on it. So I've had the SBS app mm. and the iView app and, you know, I've tried some of the others. Yep. So is this like Freeview is kind of bringing all of that together in one yep. place to try and, you know, make that experience more seamless. Yeah, and I would imagine if you're a provider of TV, you would find it a bit easier to just update one HBB compatible uh, Web page to transmit to TVs, then doing oh an app for Apple and an app for this and an app for that and an app for the other thing exactly. and your tablets and wow. Yeah. And HBB TV is this new standard that allows you to overlay a web image on top of your normal broadcast. That's screen. right. It's been in use in Germany for some time, and that's what this Freeview Plus thing mm. is based on. So I can't yeah. say I'm particularly excited about the idea of using my TV remote because it is the worst user interface in the world for trying <laughs> right. to navigate around things, so especially if you're trying to search and you know type letter by letter like your yeah yeah. Ty yeah. who was on the show last week. Yes. Um, we happen to know because we checked it out that he has a TV that you can gesture at, like like the Kinect. Yes, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, but assuming st- again it works. Yeah, and, and you don't mind sticking a- your hand in the air for five minutes, going TV, 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 TV. So there is a barrier me, there sir. to 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 have it to make sure it is an accessible me- um, mechanism. I guess mm, isn't I would it? Like, much rather use my smartphone or something like that. Yeah, you need. We, there needs to be a keyboard function at least or, or something. My goodness. I, I've seen some remotes that have, you flip them over and there's a keyboard on the back. I'm looking for voice recognition. Television, show me my favourite show. Well, that is coming <laughs> soon as well. Yes, Donna. <laughs> Million is dollar it, minute it, coming right up. Is that your public <laughs> no. favourite show or your private favourite show? Private, please. All oh, right. <laughs> it is 14 minutes past 12 here on Technogaze on Joy 94.9. We're covering some of the latest in technology, gadgets and consumer electronics. We'll be back with more in a few moments. This is Joy 94.9. You're listening to Techno Gaze here where we talk about tech. Um, we talk about Ned Kelly's head. That's right. 
I have Ned Kelly's head in my hand right now. It's I I I'm amazed by this. Is it is it really the real deal, Mark? I well, it it looks real. It so, doesn't feel like a skull, but then I don't really know what a skull feels like. I guess. Where did you get it from? <laughs> That's a very good question. <laughs> so, Paul Mignoni, you uh, j- joins us here in the studio. He is from the University of Melbourne, and um, he is here to talk about 3D printing, and in particular, a showcase. Welcome, Paul. Thank you very much for having me. So... <laughs> Ned, well, I was about to call you call it Paul's, Paul, Paul Kelly's head. I don't know why I've got Paul <laughs> Kelly in my, in my... From little things, big things grow. Yeah, no. Like so, his head. <laughs> Ned Kelly's head, it's it's a 3D printed version of Ned Kelly's head. That's correct. What, where's, why has this been done? What's, what's the reasoning behind this? Okay, so this was done in collaboration with the Harry Books Allen... Um, uh, sorry, Anthropology Museum at the University of Melbourne. And basically what they did is, back in the day when he was hanged, they had these original death masks where they took a pla- um, plaster cast of his head. Yes. And they did it for, you know, historical reasons then. And then what, what they've done is they basically used that head to make uh, the death mask to make a cast of Ned Kelly's head. And then they did a 3D scan of it and then reconstructed it to have it 3D printed. Wow. So if you're following us on Twitter, we've um, actually posted a, a photo of, of this head. That's right. It's amazing. it's a pretty uh, pretty iconic bit of Australian imagery that one, mm. um, and uh, and so I guess some people will recognise it. But yes, it's a it's a fully plasticised, sterilised, <laughs> standardised, scientific and completely head. and completely food safe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, there's a certain uh, certain convenience chain that is having their bring your own cup for your uh, icy slushy drink promotion. Coming up soon. <laughs> I dare you to go in there with Ned Kelly's head and a big straw and <laughs> fill her up. <laughs> it would certainly be quite the novelty item. Um, that's for sure. Uh, I, I will. I will further add that the, the idea of uh, printing out Ned Kelly's head goes to a larger, larger picture in the sense that um, we've also been doing some collaborative work at, with uh, the history department at the University of Melbourne. So we're looking at three D printing to essentially. Uh, reprint ancient artifacts. Mm-hmm. So when we, a lot of our archaeological researchers, when they go overseas to study mm. artifacts, they can't uh, repatriate them back to Australia. Right. So the idea is to scan those artifacts and to then reprint them, reprint them back at home, so they can continue their research or for yeah. further education and teaching. Absolutely, very interesting sort of use of th- the three D printing technology. I mean, it's it's a, probably a, a problem to bring stuff around, uh, particularly of, of cultural value or mm. um, or of. Uh, or if it's quite delicate, you know, you don't want to be stuffing around with it too much, but maybe you just really want to dig inside and see what's there, right? Mm. And, and even you remove the whole logistics out of the operation because, you know, you could take a plaster cast and make your own mould, but then you've got to ship it and send it, you know, wherever you're sending This way you can just send a file and somebody can print it locally. Hey, so to get back to the whole Star Trek theme, this is kind of like a transporter except it's super slow, right? And you can only have plastic <laughs> so far. <laughs> it's maybe a replicator. Earl Grey, please. One step, one step at one a time. Step. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Like, it's, it's, it is almost the, the the march forward to to finding a um, you know finding us in a in a world where we can just ask for the the, the thing that we want and it gets made then and there for us, right? Well, mm. That's what three D printing really is. Well, it goes to a bigger question of retail as well. I mean, there's there's an argument now saying that the future of retail could be that people just supply material, but then again, yep. you, you become your own uh, retailer essentially. So mm. you, yep. you, you just buy the material and. You print what you want. Or if there are enough people around in your neighbourhood who have a printer, 
maybe you could do something like that. And uh, Donna brought in a really cool uh, link to talk about called 3D Hubs, which is where if you know somebody, or you don't have to know-know them, but if there is somebody in your neighbourhood who has a 3D printer and you would like something printed, you know, it makes that sort of peer-to-peer connection. Definitely. Um, now, you've got a few other, Paul, um, items in front of you, Which one of which is a DNA-printed... Um, Helix. Helix. Sure. Uh, so what I have in front of me is a 3D-printed version of a very high-fidelity, very highly detailed double helix model. Wow. It was done by uh, Dr. Mike Kuiper from the Victorian Life Science Computation Initiative, and basically he's designed this very high-end... Um, a double helix model showing all the T, A, G, and uh, C cells. Right. And uh, it's basically been designed for education purposes, both for secondary and tertiary education, to help students understand um, all the compounds that a, make the pairs. It's actually a real life. Like, it's right there in front of you. You can It just stands there on the table, and you can you can use it. It's not like it's, um, you know, you have to buy it or anything like that. It's just a 3D printed model, right? Absolutely. And so, and it's actually, it's all been stuck together, but you can actually pull it apart and actually it's like, it's like a oh. 3D puzzle essentially. Yeah. So that's how it's uh, uh, been designed. Now there's one other item that you've gotten, which is a really interesting item. Um, can you tell us about this? It's a, it looks like a tree almost. Okay. An upside down tree, perhaps. You're half right. It is a tree, <laughs> but it's a, it's a bronchial tree. Uh, so basically, uh, the University of Melbourne, in, in collaboration with the Royal Melbourne Hospital, mm-hmm. uh, they basically took a uh, CT scan of an adult uh, human's um, bronchial tree, which is the area which connects the lungs. Yep. And what they've done is they've basically isolated a 3D model and printed it out. And the objective of it is to actually use it for predictive surgery. So they would 3D print the copy out, um, use their, and actually train and get ready on the actual 3D printed part for right. the surgery before going in and doing the real thing. So how common is this? Is this something that's happening more and more? Yes, it is. It is something that's. Uh, it, it is one of the newer methods yep. uh, that they're starting to trial, and mm-hmm. it is. Uh, it is something that we're going to see more of in the future. Airline pilots have used simulators for years to train, so I assume the same thing is going to be used in, in medicine to train doctors? That's the way it looks like it's headed yeah. towards, yes. It- we, we actually talked on the show once about a, uh, a project at Monash where they're printing, um, I think it was, it was- Monash... Yeah, when they're printing uh, printing whole bits of yeah. organs and stuff, so that they could send them to to medical schools for students to practice on. Oh, what an amazing use of the technology, right? So, like, to be able to practice before, like, to put the parents' minds at ease, or the person who is actually have, being operated on, to have some sort of, you know, you could look right. out for all those little things that that could potentially, um, you know, bring you unstuck during the procedure. Fewer mysteries and surprises, surely. I mean, that's that's kind of what you don't want if you're a surgeon, I imagine, is is a surprise. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think yeah, I think the ultimate objective is risk reduction, and I yeah. think it's actually a very low cost version uh, approach to to reducing risk. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Now, there's loads going on, obviously, around 3D printing at the moment. And if you are in Melbourne, then I guess you're in luck because there's some good stuff coming up, isn't there, Paul? Yeah, so uh, next week on uh, Friday, September 12th and Saturday, September 13th, we have the 3D Printing Showcase. And it's basically going to be a two-day conference where um, academics, general public, um, you know, companies come together to share their ideas and to to show what the the latest advance behind the technology. You know, uh, it's it's a free event, you know, and, you know, family are welcome and friends and uh, there'll be a sausage 
sizzle on both days. So we love a good sausage sizzle. Yeah. So uh, it's. Uh, I mean, day one will be more of a research education. Day two will be general public, and there's the printer car challenge. So right. The printer car challenge is secondary school students will be have been designing and three D printing their own cars and are going to be racing oh, okay. on day. Wow. So, Fantastic. An entire car. Oh, it's a small model. Oh, right. Okay. Sorry. I was yeah. thinking like something that they could sit in. No, <laughs> not like a full scale, you know, car. But that, that could be a bit difficult. But still, but. A, like that's that's remote control cars on like steroids, right? Like that's amazing. <laughs> you print your own. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's a, a it's a really really interesting idea, and I think especially you know there's not as much inspiration to be an engineer these days with the downturn. So giving students an opportunity to engineering to be an engineer somewhat would be uh, i think we should take those opportunities are you going to combine two of my favorite things 3d printed sausages for the sausage <laughs> sizzle not next week because then you could do personalized shapes we, we, no, oh my goodness <laughs> we could i just don't think we'll have it ready by next okay. week we, we have <laughs> talked about 3d printed pizza here before haven't we extruded we cheese extruded <laughs> cheese product extruded extruded hot cheese why not Continue that on to the next level and extruded sausage meat. Why not? You can mm. just make all kinds of things with that. Isn't actually isn't a, a sausage actually already three D printed to like, like <laughs> with the largest nozzle? <laughs> well, they're certainly doing some really good stuff in uh, with with food. Uh, right. The NASA has been uh, have funded a project to three uh, D print um, uh, long long life food for deep space exploration missions. Oh. Right. So they've started to look at. Um, Printing out um, powdered food with high nutrients that can last about fifteen years shelf life. Wow! Right, so just th- combine it with a bit of water or something and print it. Or yeah, it's still results are still coming. Oh, sorry, it's all still coming. It's a bit sketchy, but it looks right. like it's designed for long shelf life. And wow! Stuff like that. So, if we look forward fifty years into the future, is there going to be an aspect of our life that's not touched by three three D printing? Um. Probably your soul. <laughs> but, um, now, that will be digitized and downloaded. That's fine. Possibly. But uh, other, other than that, um, I think there, it's certainly becoming more and more integrated in, in, in a lot of everyday items. And as, mm. as, as the technology improves, it's, I can't see why it won't be further integrated. And Star Trek Replicator, is that something that's likely to happen or is it a little bit too fanciful? That's a long way away. I'm, I don't know how to answer. I guess. I guess. If anything, I, once upon a time, things were once impossible. You know, and as we've as technology and ideas come forward, they tend to become more and more possible. We've seen that with electricity. We've seen that yep. with cars. Certain amounts, certain types of renewable energy. It was once impossible, but mm-hmm. over time and investment in R and D, they it tend to happen. Happen. Yeah, it'll be good when it does. Yes. Now, so the 3D printing showcase, it's uh, by Melbourne University. It's, it's up on the, um, uh, the Parkville campus. So yes, on, on at, at the Parkville campus, specifically at the Eastern Resource Centre, which is the library there. Okay, and it's on both um, Saturday and Sunday next, next week. Saturday and Sunday next week. Uh, from 8.30 till 4, I believe. That's, that's right. And, um, yeah, sausage sizzle as well. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think um, you mentioned that the first day, so the Saturday, is more about the researchers getting together and, and sort of you know, collaborating, and then the, the, the Sunday is more about... Sorry, uh, the Friday is the oh, research. Right, okay. yeah, the Friday is the research and education day, so uh-huh. that will be mainly uh, academics. And so they'll be basically discussing the cutting edge, uh, what's happening in the research fields, and, uh, and then the sun. Uh, sorry, the Saturday is a general public day, so it'll be more talks from uh, some enthusiasts mm-hmm. and some vendors and right. um, and various other um, 
and various other um, groups. Sorry, so I should correct myself. Friday and Saturday, Friday and Saturday. next week, twelfth yeah. uh, and thirteenth of September, uh, and we'll post a link to the uh, the site that you can go to to sign up and yep. register your your willingness to 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 join in and see what's going on up there. Thank you, Paul Mignoni, for for joining us today. Thank you very much. And for bringing these amazing props. Oh, my God. Absolutely. And we'll put photos (laughs) up on our Facebook page and tweet some. Indeed. Yes, thanks again. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, This is TechnoGaze here on Joy 94.9. We'll be back with more tech news in a few moments. TechnoGaze here on joy.org.au, also known as Joy 94.9. Yes. We're... um, Mm. We're all 3D printed up now. I'm feeling a bit weird after having that head in here. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, not often you have Ned Kelly's head in... so amazing. Oh, sorry. Hello. It's so amazing (laughs) to see where 3D printing has has, um, come. I mean... It's been so quick too, hasn't it? It's extraordinary. I mean, I actually remember a couple of years ago first hearing about the the RepRap, which is a 3D printer, an open source 3D printer that, you know, you can actually print a new 3D printer from, so it's (laughs) self-replicating. And they have these kind of generations of printers. But the other day I saw a 3D printer at Officeworks. Yes. And I just kind of went, wow. Game over. It's over now. It's, this it's is just this. a consumer thing. It's gone from this uh, extraordinary technology that only massive manufacturers could use sort of for prototyping and it yeah. costs gazillions of dollars to a thing you can buy at Officeworks. Yeah. It's and, extraordinary. And that 3D Labs thing we talked about before is exactly the sort of thing that makes this even easier. So you don't even have to have every home with a 3D printer, although I'm sure that day is not far away. That's right. Like this peer-to-peer 3D hub. 3dhubs.com. So I have a 3D printer. You've got something you want to print. We hook up on the internet. We exchange some money or bodily fluids or something. (laughs) (laughs) What is the payment method here? What's going on? Maybe not. Okay. Well, you know. Okay. Maybe maybe I'll make you some soup or something. That's okay. Okay. But yeah, like getting getting in touch with people who can help you print things um, and uh, and making friends with them that way, Mark. Friend of the station. uh, Well, friend. uh, Common. On-air presenter here at uh, Joy 94.9. Nothing in common. I know. I, I, I'm There's nothing to, common about Dean. Dean Beck has uh, emailed in um, with a comment, how come five years ago we were being told everyone would have a 3D printer? It didn't happen. True, it it's hasn't happened happening. in five years. It's happening right now. Mm-hmm. It's Off- starting to. You can, you can buy... Office works if you need one. Well, My goodness, not that we'd promote one. But, no. Um, or RepRap, make yourself one. Right. There is, yeah. Print there is an option for, for, for self-replicating printers. That's right. There are um, quite a few retailers that are doing that sort of thing. And there are all those businesses that have sprung up about it as well. So there are you know places online where you can send in some plans or you can download some software and make your own plans or whatever and get them sent to you. I think we've covered it on the show as well where uh, the US Post Office was talking about setting up yep. printers in each of their offices so that you could print goods that way. And Amazon's been talking about doing it too. And as much as these devices are commonly available, this still a lot of hard work to calibrate, to configure, to get going. Right. It's, and, it's and not something stage, like turning on TV. Yeah, and at this stage it's pretty much if you like plastic, you're in luck, and if you would like something else, well... Mm. You need to spend a little bit more money. There's Did I hear it that you can get chocolate stuff for your 3D printer and print yourself some pretty chocolates? You did hear that, yes. And that's a real thing? It is a real thing, yes. I is this like the greatest it. day ever? I know. <laughs> what a time to be alive. I can imagine something in chocolate and then... Make it be in chocolate. See, if by 3D printing you mean actually taking an entire tube of melted chocolate and just squirting it directly into my face. <laughs> <laughs> That's a kind of printing technology, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Om nom nom nom. I nom. just went somewhere. Hmm. 
a happy place. Uh, we're what else is in a happy place, Mark? <laughs> Apple. Ah. Uh, shiny new things. Our happy place. Yes. Yes. So Apple have, uh, are coming up in what this week? I think it's uh, September nine is the the next. Big event by Apple. Yes. And Mr. Cook's going to roll out some goodies for us. Well, hopefully. That's what he says. It's signific- it seems to be a significant event because typically when um, Apple have a um, particular product that, they, you know, that they're really going to smash the market with or that they think they're going to smash the market with, they choose a particular venue. And that particular venue has been chosen for this, uh, this um, event that's come up on September 9th. And uh, there's been a lot of rumours going around about what might be... Included in the uh, in the showing during yes. this event. Now everyone's been going blah 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 smartwatch, which I think is hmm. is pretty like no one will be surprised. I'll actually be more surprised now if there is no smartwatch. <laughs> That's um, happened before. You know, we've had oh, Apple televisions coming, Apple televisions coming. I think you're the only true believer in the Apple television no, I don't believe <laughs> at in this it. stage. I don't believe in it. It's a furphy. Um, the, the other thing, of course, that is definitely uh, locked in, because, of course, we saw it at the last one, is um, that Yosemite, the new yes. operating system, is on the way. I've been fiddling with it this week. I finally took the plunge. It's, um, it's all right. Mm. It's okay. Everything's all flat. They've given up on, you know... They've probably done what... Uh, what they did to the iOS interface and and just flattened everything out. Got rid of the, um, you know, the, the lickability. Sort of I think I think <laughs> they got rid of. They yes. used to call it all the little shiny buttons. They had to be lickable. lickable. Right. Now, if I offer you my screen, would you lick it anyway? <laughs> no. Rainer. No. I didn't think so. <laughs> it I never might works think that about way. it though. If it looked like a lolly, I'd think about licking it, but I wouldn't actually lick it. Some of them, yeah. Some of them, I don't know, like they've done a few things. So they've flattened up a bunch of stuff, all the rest of it. Um, iOS 8 is uh, supposed to work really well with it. That's supposed to be very shortly on its way, along with these rumoured new phones. Um, I haven't tried that out yet, but there's supposed to be a lot more tight integration between Mm. the phone and your Mac so that you can do things like make calls and and hand over playback of songs and stuff. That that feature, the handover feature, is one I'm particularly interested in, to be Mm. able to just have that seamless sort of move from one device to the other without really... I need to worry about it. And even though I don't believe in the Apple TV, this is television, this is one reason why you would have an Apple television for handover because you walk in the door listening to your iPod or your iPhone, yes. you flick it up to your big TV screen and suddenly you've got your 7 by 7 metres of, mm. I don't know, the Finn Brothers, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Just to pick oh, an artist at random. random. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that there's some um, some good things coming up. But uh, some of the rumours that are involved as well are, are back on the iPhone as well, the iPhone front. There seems to be movement in terms of sizes. Oh. They're making it bigger. And screen fragmentation. Oh, boy. Yeah. The thing that everyone bags Android out is finally coming to Apple for real. <laughs> oh, but, but the Android people say it's not an issue. Right, so I guess no problems, no. right? Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the other point to make about about the screen size fragmentation is that uh, iOS development or developers have been encouraged to design their apps in a certain way that would, um, you know, avoid as yeah. many issues as possible around, you know, how big your screen is. Are we talking about responsive design? Well, Ooh. that's a web term, isn't it? It might be. Mm. You can do other sorts of... It's, it's it, applications with that though. It's like fle- flexibility and adaptability because you can't you can't know what sort of device you're targeting. You may not even be targeting a device that displays visually. Mm. You might be targeting that you might be um, exploiting your data as mm-hmm. audio. Yep, mm. definitely. Or for Google Glass, or you know. 
Yeah, yeah. So there's some. Uh, that's I guess uh, the screen size might be a concern, or it'll be interesting to see what they actually do with the screen size and the pixel density because they want to stick to the Retina name, right? They want to have as many dots per inch as what right. they, they need to, to give it a, a retina name. Unless it's ageing like most of us and the resolution goes down. Now, people who have been using Yosemite uh, claim that there could be some more high diff, uh, high diff and retina sort of displays uh, based solely on the fact that there are wallpaper images that are big enough. Yes. Which I think sounds uh-huh. legit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's why wouldn't you? Um, but who can say? So that's that's happening. Um, I guess a few of the nerds will be staying up late like usual. Um, I have exciting things to do the next day, so I personally won't be. But uh, One but thing I've noticed this week as well is some, particularly some business pages have been uh, talking about a NFC component to the yes. new phone. So the, the near field. And to the, to the, the, uh, the, the rumoured smartwatch as well. To the watch, yeah. Yeah, so, which is about damn time because certainly other platforms have had NFC for a while. Yeah, and I think one of the key things that have been talked about, and we don't know this for sure yet, but they apparently Apple have signed deals with all the big card vendors, so MasterCard, Visa, and Amex. Oh, and that's pretty much that's like be interesting. market completion OMG. right there. You know, if, if they have signed up uh, deals with with all three. That's a, they're they're three very worldwide uh, money providers with presences in every single country around the world, or or you know most yep. <laughs> countries mm. around the world. So, but this is Apple's style. Whereas in the you know we've had NFC on lots of mobile phones. And I've had NFC now for a year and a half on my phone. And apart mm. from downloading some software every now and then, I haven't really used it. Whereas Apple will probably come to market with a practical use that everyone's going to use on a day-to-day do, basis. Yeah. Yeah, That's kind of what they make their whole bread and butter yeah. from for the last million years. It's the stack, isn't it? It's the, yeah. the hardware, the software, uh, the, the cloud. Everything is owned by Apple, therefore they can do that and achieve it really well. Mm. Now, uh, speaking of, of high achievers mm. as well, uh, mm. Apple is not the only one making songs and dances this month with new products, are they? No, no. So Samsung have uh, come out with a few... Uh, new products. Mm. So they had an event last week called Samsung Unpacked, which was uh, so exciting for them that they had to have it in three different venues at once. <laughs> and, very, very, and it was um, live streamed and all that stuff. Yeah, very Samsung-esque, I guess. They want to sort of show that they're a worldwide company and uh, you know, do, have and a they, presence everywhere. They do do that very well. And mm. uh, they came out with the new Galaxy Note 4, the Galaxy Note Edge with the curved display that we've talked about. Oh. You know, a little sort of uh, edgy bit where, you know, if you had a whole stack of them in a row, you could probably read some messages off the sides or something, I suppose. <laughs> Do some banner advertising it's or something like, like that. It's like a book spine. It seriously is. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. just wait and see how many websites come up with banner ads that fit on that side screen. <laughs> All of them. Uh, the Gear S, uh, which is a, a you know a smartwatch, um, which uh, DJ is that was the wrap actually around, wearing. That was the wraparound one, was it? The Gear S. Yes, yep. and he was wearing that during the presentation, and you know he was wearing it so low on his wrist that I thought there's no way he would normally wear his his watch that low. Like it was practically hanging off his hand. But how best to show it off on stage, right? Yeah. Um, but it looked pretty amazing, and uh, and a new uh, exciting little thingy that goes on your head. Yes, an Oculus VR. That's right, an Oculus VR handset that or headset yes. that you slot your Galaxy Note into. Oh, oh wow! And the Note acts as the screen. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, That's an interesting sort of uh, connection of of devices. Like, in order to give yourself a VR device, right. you use something that you've already got instead well, of buying a whole new one. Well, remember, Google cost. had that cardboard thing 
when yep. it was like print your own cardboard <laughs> thing and just shove the the screen in that. It seemed a bit hokey, but hey. But now Samsung's made a real one. Nice. With a, an unspecified price point and release date, but even so. Right. It's just a modular device, really. You snap the screen in and snap it out. Right, but, I mean, that sounds pretty good, right? You'd think that the screen would be one of the more expensive components yes. of that. So why not just... I mean, you're probably not looking at your phone if you're watching, you know... <laughs> what, if you, if you're fu- what if you're fully immersed in something you can hold your phone out in your virtual reality you'd have a virtual phone right exactly yeah i guess i mean oh god you could do that couldn't you mm. all i can think about is you know like johnny mnemonic and all that other sorts of stuff and virtuosity like all of those trashy films in the mm. 90s that were talking about oh we're going to cyberspace oh we're going to use a headset well now it's finally here yeah until i get a plug in the back of my neck a la matrix style yes i don't want 3d um vr I got to say, because I'm I'm long sighted, so I, I need to wear a prescription to be able to see anything closer than about a foot at the moment, and uh, I'm not looking forward to the idea of having something that close to my face uh, all the time. Anyway, could it be adjusted to refocus? It would have to yeah, be adjusted maybe. for people in different sight capabilities. Yeah. I can't see it working otherwise. Mm. Mm. I'm waiting for the day actually when that does happen. You can get rid of your glasses because then you'll just have the VR device and you won't need glasses. <laughs> oh, you'll get square eyes. Maybe. What know. is Square Eyes? Is that a... Is that it a, never happened. I watched a, nine, a lot of TV as a kid. <laughs> it's a 1950s uh, thing, I think. My pupils are still the same still uh, around. ovals shape. Yeah. Ovals? <laughs> Oval? What? Hopefully circular. I'm having a flashback to some, I think, TDK advertisement that did have kind of weird cartoony looking people with square eyes. Yes. yes. They were that was quite creepy. creepy. Portrayed as a positive. Was it 4.3 uh, or widescreen format? <laughs> <laughs> I think that was straight up square, but of course in those days it must have been 4.3. Obviously. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, you're listening to Technogaze, where we're covering some of the latest in gadgets, four eyes, nerdiness, square eyes. Yeah, I should say. I shouldn't say widescreen. Widescreen eyes. I'm I'm one of the actual. I'm I'm the outer eye here. I I don't wear glasses, whereas everyone else does here in the studio. Oh no, wait, Donna, are you a glass wearer? As in as in traditional glasses, not Google. (laughs) Not at the moment. Speaking of Google Glass, we'll be talking about that in a few moments, as well as Grinder. Mm. Couple of creepy things to uh, to be uh, gracing us with the uh, presence of themselves on the news feeds this week. So do stay tuned. You're listening to Technogaze on Joy ninety four point nine. Technogaze. Joy ninety four point nine. This yep. is Technogaze. <laughs> was silence. I, I felt like I needed to finish that that word off. It's just like it just rolls off the tongue. Joy ninety four point nine. Sure does. Joy dot org dot <laughs> Can't have joy on your own. Joy.org.au slash listen live. Yes, if That's you want right. to check us out anytime, anywhere, during anywhere in the world, actually. You might even be there right now. And yep. we do know we have a following in LA. Mm. Hello, LA. Hello, LA. Hello, LA. What? <laughs> oh, and, oh, Rene. And the people who are listening later on the podcast, hello to you too. Yes. Oh, all over the world. Jim Hyde. Hello, Jim. Hi, Jim. He's a fellow presenter here at Joy 94.9. He sure is on his Nothing Sacred on Mondays. He's just wanted to point out that we, we had Ned Kelly's head, or at least a 3D printed version of it in the studio earlier, and he has uh, signed uh, the exclamation 
the exhumation order. Order. Oh, right. So that's that's how we have Ned Kelly's head, is that his remains... Or maybe No, no, no. The head came from the death mask before Right, right, right. So, the, sorry, the death yeah. mask was what the but, model was from. But I believe his body was exhumed and uh, we've Right, got, from Pentridge. Yeah, so we've got... Which we've is got mostly got apartments history. now, isn't it? Yeah, we've got closed history here. You know, Ned Kelly's head, Jim who's on Joy, yeah. signed the exhumation order. It's, it's a 360 weird. right there. Yeah. My mm. goodness. <laughs> Now, you don't get this on any other radio station, do you? No. Very diverse here at Joy 94.9. Okay, Glass. Let's get creepy. Indeedy. Mm, so this new product called Shaw. Well, it's yes. not a new product as such. It was actually just a, a promo video, just a teaser, in fact. Probably proof of concept. What, look what mm-hmm. we can do with technology. Yeah, we're talking about Google Glass, so the thing, the, the Google um, product where you can buy it now, actually. And um, it's, it's a set of glasses, and it's got a little screen that you see in the corner of your eye. The idea of this particular application was to monitor who's in front of you and start coming up with stats about what it sees, in right. particular around people. So you've, you've got a, a person's face in front of you. You can start doing estimations on you know, what de- gender the person is. Yes. Um, how they're feeling. How they're feeling. It can do um, facial recognition. Yep. And the, the other thing as well, so it's not itself new, but the thing that's creepy or slightly creepy about this is that it's on Google Glass, which is everyone's favourite uh, hobby horse for talking about the on, always on connected mm. <laughs> and, and, the, and the very portable device. Yes. Because, you know, you could do all of this with a webcam today. That's because the, the technology right. there is not new technology. It's the fact that it's portable. You can walk into a room, suddenly turn it on and have these features. That's right. So I, I don't have to be pointing my camera at Donna's face right now. Um, I could, like, you don't know that I'm not playing Pong. Because you are wearing glasses right now, and how would I know that they're not magic glasses that are okay, telling glass, you sh- sh- things <laughs> and, and, and figuring stuff out about me and, you know, things? I detect you like GNTs. Oh, you might know that through other sources of data, though, Raina. <laughs> Possibly from the interwebs. I suspect your Twitter feed might be a giveaway but on that one. As I watched that video, and there's this whole sort of bit about it going, hey, we can do gender recognition. And I, I was looking, I thought, well, that is very obvious a woman that you're looking at right now. Mm. I wonder it? what its gender recognition is like for people more in the gender diverse, kind of yeah. diverse sort of yes. you know spectrum mm-hmm. and what kind of algorithm it's using for that as part A and then part B. Why are you doing this? Mm. What well, what is the actual application of this and that poses even more creepy questions. Well, that's that's the thing. So most of us as people are able to um, look at somebody and sort of get a rough idea of how they're feeling or, you know, bits and pieces like that. You know, there are lots of gender sort of indicators that suggest to us that, you know, someone might be or or, or not... um, you know, a, a certain age or a certain gender or whatever, right? But if you're a machine, you don't know that. If you're a machine, you generally no. have no idea. And if you're a machine and you want to look at lots of people, like, say, for example, I went I went through customs um, on a very busy night recently. It took ages. Mm. And, uh, and I'm sure you can imagine there are a lot of grumpy people there. And... Um, you know, like maybe you've got a machine that is, I don't know, maybe profiling people who look like they might be feeling a little antsy about, you know, maybe they're carrying yes. a few, a few uh, meat products or fish products that they shouldn't have in their bag or something worse. I don't know. Mm. Some sort of non-quarantinable thing. I'm just going to that having fish products in your bag and how horrible and smelly <laughs> and nasty that would be. Sorry, it's such completely Hopefully random. shrink-wrapped. Ah. Ah, um, so this, this particular product, it was actually by a German company and there's a YouTube clip that they've put out to, to illustrate what it its uh, supposed features will be. Yes. I guess they're trying to get some interest, perhaps some investors. Maybe. Um, which, you know, hey, all power to them. But um, 
It does seem a bit creepy, and it does seem a bit presumptuous as well. Now, they have pointed out in the video and, and some of the releases and stuff, don't worry, we're not putting it on the cloud. Okay, well, they're not putting it on the cloud, oh, but right. if I license that technology for my nefarious pur- purposes yes. and yeah. put all of your faces and moods on the cloud... Yeah, exactly. Where does it end up? Well, what are we going to do? Mm. But, yeah, some interesting stuff there. I mean, I, I like the fact that it could, you know, look at blink rate of the person in front of you and try to, you know, make determinations from that. There's types of things that a human perhaps may not be able to... Unless a well-trained well, I also wonder if there are some positive applications. So for people who, who do have difficulty reading facial expressions and, and mm. get, getting information, may be able to actually have a feed saying, hey, this person that you're interacting with is yep. actually not responding well. Yep. And that could be that really is, useful. That is not an uncommon uh, issue for people who have autism, mm. um, is, is to not necessarily pick up on people's moods. Or maybe they're just not you know, they're not maybe picking it up from the tone that you use or anything like that as well. So if you've got something to help you do that, mm. I think that's a really beneficial thing. And I, I can mention an emergency help service like Triple Zero once it's video enabled, having a look at the person calling and saying, oh, this person is obviously in distress, you know, that type of thing. Mm. Mm. Now on to other potential creepiness. Well, actually, it is creepy. Uh, Very creepy. Grinder. Oh, super creepy. So, <laughs> well, not something the app specific. In general. <laughs> well, yeah, sometimes the app in general is pretty creepy as well. But uh, this week, and I think we started we, seeing we it last it, week. Didn't yeah, we? we mentioned it briefly last week mm. because I think both of us got a message on Grinder saying, "Oh, somebody's looked at your profile and has determined where you are based on this your exact location. location based on this bug that, um, in Grinder." That is right. And then a listener texted in to say. Hey, have you heard about this mm. as well? Yeah. So, um, and as part of that message, there was a link to a website where, at the time, I didn't look at it, but I've looked at it subsequently, where you could actually go in, choose an area on a map. So, just like you know, any of the mapping applications, zoom in, yep. say, show me all the users, and would come up with the photos, although they were vaselined out. But if you had your phone next to you and the uh, photo on the uh, on the screen, you could say, "Yep, that's that individual," mm. and you literally could see them plotted on, on the a map. map. Right. Yep. Which is, I mean, we all, we all know that. Grinder and other apps like that tell you that somebody is nearby, but they never tell you exactly where. Exactly yeah. for so safety reasons and other sorts of privacy what reasons. I think as well. is really. I mean, this is this is just horrible. This stuff. What I think is kind of interesting here is Grinder's response that they put out um, a, a post about this and have sort of said that they're taking proactive measures to keep users safe in territories with a history of violence against the gay community, and what they're doing for users in in countries like um, Russia, Egypt. Saudi Arabia, Nigeria, mm. Liberia, Sudan and Zimbabwe is setting this to off by default. But that kind of makes me wonder is actually shouldn't it be off, off. by default for everyone? everyone. Yeah, well, the that's thing. the thing. It's like, oh, countries where there's a history of this going on, isn't that pretty much everyone? Yeah, I, I, this is what I, I find really disturbing. As a grinder user myself, I'm self-admitting this. Um, and I know some people are, are not particularly, you know... Um, Concerned? Ha- Concerned about... Yeah. Their their potential location, but the fact that they have de- decided to well, in over the course of this week, actually, they I noticed that they turned location off for everyone, right? So they must have had a bit of a panic mode. Um, by the way, we've actually put a request out to Grinder to um, have a conversation with us. We'd like to talk to them if possible mm. to discuss this particular issue. But the response from them has been, oh, you know, really just responding to the 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 press around it. So there's been a fair bit of press around it saying, oh, what about all the people in, in countries where um, GLBTI people are, are persecuted? Yeah. What about the rest of us as well? Like, that's the headline. What yes. about me who could potentially have a stalker down the road who, um, you know, has found where I 
live and now knows exactly when I'm where. Now, I guess there's one thing about driving around in your car if you're a stalker and saying, okay, roughly I know the 300-metre circle where this individual is, Mm. but it's very, very different to see on a map at the back of a long block that that's where that individual is. Or, or, I mean, as well, it's not just where are they now, but where are they every Tuesday at a certain time? Yes, exactly. Or something, for example. That's creepy. And this is a real, this is actually a real problem. It's not a kind of hypothetical creepy problem. Um, there's a, an organisation um, here in um, Victoria called DVRCV, or the D- Domestic Violence um, Resource Centre, mm. and they have a program called SmartSafe. Um, and that's all about helping women um, use technology more effectively to prevent them being stalked technologically by their ex-partners yep. for very real, you know, against some very real threats. Yep. Yep. Um, and so this sort of, the, the grinder has come out of a place of, like, we want to connect online for fun, um, and, and it's it's all very positive, but then there's this whole kind of flip side where, well, the same technologies are being used in really kind of nasty ways, mm. Mm. and a lot of people aren't necessarily aware of how to protect themselves from So I think that question is really interesting about should these kinds of location-aware things be on by default? Um, For some some groups of people, it's not a problem and it's the whole reason they have it. But for others who perhaps don't have control over those devices or don't have the skills and, and understanding of what's going on, it can be really dangerous. It can be. It is really hard sometimes, unless you know where to look, to turn those things off. Yeah, really hard. I mean, and some of them make a point of making it harder to, you know, tweak your privacy sure. settings. And, and Griner's immediate response to this was you can turn location the location indicator off um, and that will remove the, the ability for people to stalk you through that uh, mapping app that, yep. Michael, you mentioned earlier. Mm. Um, but it's still a concern. Like it, by default, it, it it's on. You know, if you're not, if you don't know to think about it, like if if you've been maybe not listening to techno games for the last couple of weeks and you don't know about the issue, then you may not be aware that someone could be doing this. And yep. then all that needs to happen is something needs to go wrong at a particular point in time. Maybe someone goes out and finds them. And yeah, or even yeah. even understanding the problem. It's like oh, so people know where I am. Big deal. Well, okay, that's nice to say, but <laughs> you know, it really is one thing to talk about like that, but to look at it on the map and to see individuals there that's the really scary bit and i guess it's a kind of privilege isn't it to be able to go hey this doesn't matter to me therefore it shouldn't matter to you Mm. yeah this is techno gaze here on joy 94.9 where we're covering some of the latest in uh, gay and lesbian technology news this week Mm. technology gadgets consumer electronics we'll be back with a wrap-up of the show in just a few moments techno gaze techno gaze here on joining is that a new station now? I'm not doing well today. My tongue's not quite in gear. I'm afraid. I'm sorry about that. Um, Just as well, the show's nearly over then, Mark. You can untangle it once we're finished. <laughs> yes. Now, uh, luggage. Have you ever been worried about uh, baggage handlers and uh, how they might be getting into your luggage without you knowing? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. No? Yes. Covers? Yes. Actually, and I've been worried the way they just throw the bags around. Mm. Get them wet. Well, there's uh, there's some new technology that uh, is basically a computer that's built into the, uh, the, the suitcase itself. It can uh, detect G-force movement, temperature and humidity, and uh, can tell if it's... Um, if, if the bag has been thrown around. And what does it, what does it do with that information? 
I think it's for you. It probably yeah. tells you, actually. Does it? Does it probably, send? Like, probably, yeah, it probably does. Send you <laughs> text SMS. messages or something which you can't get while you're in the air. So when you get when you land, you get the story about your bag being through all of this kind of turgid journey. <laughs> you you travelled north. Your bag travelled south. But no, you can, you can actually use your wireless devices in Australia now on a plane as on well. Plane. Yeah, true, on, yeah. on certain airlines, not some of them, not the orange one. Mm, so now people will steal my luggage because all the tech in it or on it. I'm sure that, that won't look even slightly dodgy on the X-ray either. Uh, oh, yes. oh, yes. Look at all these things. Mm. That's all we have time for today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to catch up on previous episodes or peruse uh, through our previous shows, you can do so by uh, jumping onto our website, joy.org.au slash technogaze. Um, coming up next is Pete Dillon with Cravings after a Joy News Bulletin with Tim Lennox. And, um, yeah, thank you for coming in, Michael. Thank you, Captain. <laughs> Number one. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Raina, for joining us here as well. <laughs> Ship's janitor. <laughs> <laughs> and Donna, what's, what's your role today? I think I might be the holodeck computer. Ah, thank you, Donna. Have a great weekend. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Techno Gaze on Joy 94.9. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. <laughs>